Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. If you would turn in the book of 2 Timothy... Paul's letter to a young man. Keep in mind, as we think together this morning, keep alive the gift that God gave to you. Keep alive the gift that God gave to you. In the last century, there was much to do about Darwin's theory of the survival of the fittest. In fact, it just disturbed a lot of people. And a lot of people who followed this man made him say things that he really didn't intend to say. Until at last there was a movement that had the stated purpose of saying that man stands alone. And they meant actually by that statement that man stands alone, that he was not created by God and he had no God to stand with him. And then there was a man some years later by the name of uh, Seymourson Cressy from this country. I think he was originally from England. And he wrote a little book uh, to refute uh, this feeling of these, uh, many of them were learned men that said that man stood alone. And he published a little book. And the name of that book is That Man Does Not Stand Alone. It's a very interesting book to say the least. And he takes out some of the happenings of nature, some of these astounding things uh, that are built into nature that man still does not understand, even though we have tried to, even to this day. And he uses one illustration in there that I thought, among others, was sort of fascinating. And most of us who are fishermen are familiar with these little eels that we find in our waters and in our ponds and our lakes and in our streams, even in this part of the country. And this man says that it's a proven scientific fact that those eels make their way off of Bermuda uh, where the sea is about seven foot deep and that deepest place and here is where they spawn. And then those little ones find their way back to every stream and every pond and every lake from whence their parents came. An unbelievable type of a situation. But you think about it. The most fantastic thing, though, uh, that in relation to nature is man. You and I, as we take our place in uh, this unique creation that God has placed here upon this earth. Now, I want to return to Paul because I think he says something that you and I need to hear. And especially do we need to hear it as people who make up the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not what Paul argues about. It's just what he assumes to be so. It was like Christ, you know, he never argued about the existence of God. He just went about acting like that there was a God. And Paul has something to say to a very young man in the faith that all of us need to hear. And he expresses this thing about having a gift. Having a gift. Now, dear friends, let me say to you this morning that you do have a unique gift that is just as unique about you as the personality that you have or the way that you love. It's that unique. And there's not a person upon the face of this earth 
But what hasn't been giving a unique gift of God? That's the way that it is. Now, we will not debate the situation this morning, though I have talked to people, and they wonder about that statement, whether or not that they have a gift, but they do have a gift. You do have a gift that God has given to you. Maybe the thing that you need to do is try to discover what that gift is. I remember of the many prayer groups that we had in a church one time, that there was one group after they had been in session for a while, 10 or 15 of them, that they decided that they would try to reveal to one another what that unique gift was. Not that the person thought about what his gift was and told the group, but the group would try to help the other person find out what that unique gift was that God had given to them through the Lord Jesus Christ. And of all the prayer groups that I've been connected with, I think this was the most astounding one as to what happened in that uh, little uh, group of men and women that were meeting together. Oh, what a change took place uh, within their lives. And it was evident. You, you didn't have to ask them what had happened. You knew that something had taken place because they began to exhibit a type of living that was absolutely astounding. Maybe the thing that you and I need to do more than anything else would maybe take time out to try to discover what the, that unique gift is that God has given to you and to me. But dear friends, as far as I am personally concerned and my understanding of what God has done with you and with me and creating us, as Paul said, even before the beginning of time, whatever that might mean, I don't know what it means, but God had us in mind a long time, evidently before time started. But in this, he gave to you a unique talent, a unique gift. What about that gift? What about the characteristics of this gift? Let me call just a couple of them, two or three of them, to your attention to stimulate your thinking about it. Well, we know that taking by the words of the Apostle Paul, not only here but in other places, we know that this gift that God has given to us has been given to us to edify the group or to build it up. It's given to us in order that through us a contribution might be made to the kingdom of God. Now, the way that that contribution is made is made through another person or uh, through the body, given in order that the group might be blessed because you are exercising the gift that God has given to you and the group. It is to build it up. I've had some of the most fantastic experiences, some good and some bad, in relation to what I'm talking about here. I remember that there was one lady that felt that her beautiful gift or talent that God had given to her was to be a judge, to judge God's people, and more especially the preacher, <laughs> in a worship service. And it was always in a negative type of a situation. Well, of course, she ran into a lot of trouble emotionally and, and had to have help. And, and here in this situation where she was divided. So that's not what I'm talking about. That's not a type of the way that God wants you to use this gift. It's to build up the body, not to tear it down or tear it apart. And I have to share this with you, too, though some parts about it are sort of sad, but I can laugh about it today. And then as I remember one Monday after Sunday, after a day like today, uh, that there was a man within the church that I had a great deal of love and respect for. And in fact, I still do, to tell you the truth. And he called me and he said, Preacher, he says, I want to tell you something. He said, I'm never coming back to that church. And he said, I didn't get anything out of the service, didn't get anything out of the service before, didn't get anything out of the service yesterday, and it just left me cold 
and I, my family, we're just going somewhere else. And I want you to know he was true to his word, and he, he didn't come back to church. And how would you like to be told that on a, on a Monday morning, you know, after you've done your best, well, near your best on a Sunday? It's like a salesman going out and selling a whole lot of products, you know, a lot of cases of soup or whatever. And then for the owner of the store to call you the uh, next day and tell you to come get it was all rotten, you know. It's, it just leaves you in an awful bad state. It just does. And I, I was just hurting all over the place, and I just couldn't figure it out. And I said, Lord, now listen. If you want something to send a preacher to the Lord, that'll do it <laughs> right quick, like, you know. And I, I was really torn up about the situation. It hurts. It does hurt. For whatever reason, uh, one decides to leave the church, whether it be legitimate or otherwise, it, it always affects me. It, it really does. And this person had said this, and it just really bothered me. And, and I said, now, Lord, now listen, now you're going to have to help me. I'm, I'm not this strong. It's hard for me to handle something like that and continue to be the person that I need to be. And I thought about the old prophet of long ago who said I would have died if I had not hoped to see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. And I felt the Lord wasn't giving me too much of a sign at that time, to tell you the truth. And two or three hours there, I was just in a terrible state of mind. And then about 11 o'clock, I got another telephone call. And it was from one of the brilliant young men within the church. He had already made his doctorate in law and actually was practicing law here in town. And, and he called me and he said, Preacher, I, I've got to talk to you. I said, well, fine, J.J., what do you got to say? He says, well, it's too important for me to tell you on the telephone. He said, I've got to come by and talk to you. Now, what do you think about that? Same morning. I said, now, Lord, I can't, you know, I can't. If he tells me, if he just says something to me, I said, it's, it's just going to be terrible. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to help me. I can't take this. You know that I'm sincere. You know that I'm honest. As I can be in this type of situation, now, you're going to have to help me. And so I braced myself for what I knew was to come. He came in, fine young man, sat down, very serious. He's not usually that serious, but he was this morning. And I said to myself, well, J.J., hurry up and tell me we bombed out yesterday and let's get on with the business. And he said, you know, preacher, he said yesterday was a day that was very difficult for me. He said, because in the service, he says, I heard the Lord call me. He says, Preacher, how do you know and how do you understand and how do you hear the Lord calling? I said, well, J.J., I don't really know. I said, I know Moses saw the burning bush. And I listed these things that some of the others had heard in the scripture in a way that they understood and I told him the way that I understood that God calling me and speaking to me in my heart and in my mind. And he says, when I finish, he says, that's exactly what happened to me yesterday. He says, I want to be a Methodist preacher. I want to be a Methodist preacher. And that young man, right now, at this hour, is helping one of our greatest preachers at our greatest church right down here at Christ Methodist Church, our sister church on Brownsboro Road. See, I'm specific. I'm telling you. These things really happen, you see. There he is. Help him. He heard the call and answered it. Now, before that week was over, 
I got a letter from another young man, a very capable young man, just as capable as, as the one I'm talking about. And he wrote me a nice letter. And then completely detached from the letter, but at the bottom of the letter, I tore it off. I tore it off. A young engineer. I tore it off because it completely detached. Now listen to this. Now you understand I was asking God to talk to me. Listen to what he said. He says, when you have a message to deliver, it is between you and God. How the receiver of that message reacts is between him and God. Now that was not a preacher. That was a young engineer penning that. Now, what gives? What gifts have been given to each one of us to help us to stabilize the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, to help us to encourage one another, to help us to be able to more perfectly face life in all of its reality, in all of its difficult reality. We ought to be able to come into this place here and where each one of us exercise that talent that God has given to us that would enable us to go out here and to face whatever it is that the Lord Jesus Christ has in mind for us to face this coming week. But we cannot do it if the talent is not used or if it's used in a negative way. I have a friend that calls me. You, we're not to use this talent in a spirit of timidity, Paul says. You're not to go around in soft shoes all the time, you know. You're supposed to make some waves every once in a while and to stand up and to be counted. I have a lady that's overcome with this type of situation every once in a while and, and when she calls me, you can count on her to say, aren't you fortunate to talk to me this morning? <laughs> now, don't you feel honored? Well, the truth of it is I do, unless I'm preoccupied with something, but that's my fault, not hers. And wouldn't it be wonderful that if you thought that much about the talent that God has given to you, and dear friends, let me say to you, Paul, you see, tell this young man, don't be timid about it. What God has given to you, use it. Paul thought this gift was most important. He likens it unto a fire. If you don't use it, it will die down. Uh, and he speaks of it, that one word there, and the uh, uh, Greek uh, could be translated rekindle. Rekindle the fire that is in you. Uh, rekindle the spirit that uh, was given to you. And years gone by, I used to be part of the scouts. And I remember a man that used to go on our scout camping trips with us and that he would start the biggest fire that you've ever seen in your life. And I remember time and again, some of the young scouts would come up to him and say, how in the world do you expect us to cook in that fire? Well, you couldn't get within 20 feet of it. He'd drag up the logs and everything else, and the fire would go all night long. And he was some kind of a fire. I think he worked out his frustrations there. God love him. He's dead now. But he was a great man. But he would have a fire like you wouldn't believe. But one thing this man would say. Now, he was an adult like me. In fact, he's a little older than I am. And he would say to these young scouts that would come on, he says, this fire is not to cook with. It's to stay warm by and to see by. Now, if you want a fire to cook with, you take one of the chunks out of this fire, if you can get it without being burnt to death, and you start your fire. You start your fire. 
Wouldn't it be wonderful? This is a concept that Paul has in mind to Timothy. Rekindle the fire that burns within your breast and your heart and your soul that God gave to you so that people might be able to see and warm themselves. If they need to cook, maybe they can borrow a chunk from you, you know. Start your own fire. Use it. I had this experience as a kid and I'm really not this old we just lived in the backward part of the country really and but we had an old blacksmith shop down the street from us and I used to like to go to that place and I can see him now in his strong leather apron and as he would go about to starting his fire and and putting the charcoal on and, and if I was real fortunate and if he was working and not too busy he would let me pump the old bellows that big thing and I'd take both of my hands to pull that thing up and down. And he'd put his metal that he was working with in the fire and chunk it up there with his coal. And then he would tell me to blow the air on it. And I would watch that thing with my eyes wide open as it would get hotter, turn white hot. And then he would take his tongue and move that white hot piece of metal from the fire after I had helped him do it and take it to his anvil and take his hammer and bend it into the shape that he wanted it to be bent into. But I had the privilege of blowing the air on that thing that turned it white hot. Rekindle the fire. Oh, do what we need to do so that this spirit within inside of us, this talented God has given to us, would turn white hot. And so it would be useful in his kingdom today. The world needs it. It needs your strength. It needs your ability. It needs your talent. Dear friends, within this church we can do anything that we make up our mind to do. God has already committed to us enough talent to do it. It's here. I don't think God ever leaves himself short anywhere. If there's something else that we need to do out there somewhere and we do not have the talent to do it, I have enough faith to believe that God will give us the talent that we need to do the thing that we need to do. If we don't do it, it's because some of us, or one of us, or more than one of us, are not exercising the ability and capability and contributing the talent that God has given to you as you ought to contribute it to the group. I think it's just as simple and just as profound as that. How am I going to use this talent? that God has given to me. I've told you how not to use it. Now how am I going to use it? I'm going to consider uh, this ability that God has given to me, this talent. I am considerate with a great deal of honor in my own heart and soul. What an honor it is to exercise that talent that God has given to me. Use it with honor. I remember one time that I had a car and I bought the thing just about the time of graduation maybe about this time of the year I believe I did it was a pretty snazzy looking limousine <laughs> I thought it was and there was a young man in the church was graduating he thought it was pretty snazzy too well this young man is a preacher now you know him Tommy Grebe I'll just tell you who it was Tommy Grebe our young boy preacher he says preacher he says I want to borrow your car he says I'm going to the prom and I want to go in style. I said, well, you came to the right place. I'll just lend it to you. you know? And I was so proud that I had something that a young man at his age and, and such a talented young man would like to borrow. Well, he borrowed my car. I had something that was useful to him. 
It made his life fuller and more meaningful. Folk, I'm not talking about a possession that you and I have that is a material type of thing. I'm talking about something that is deep within your soul and in your life. And I want to tell you that if you will take that talent and use it in a responsible way, as God has prepared for you to do it, you're going to find that your life is completely filled. Oh, what a privilege it is to use this gift that God has given to us. God has given to you. Use it. And I will tell you two things are going to happen, and I will guarantee them. I'm not guessing now. I'll guarantee it to happen. Number one, number one, your life is going to be fuller than you ever dreamed that it could possibly be. I'll guarantee it. Your life is going to be fuller and have more meaning in it than you would ever possibly dream that it could be. Secondly, you can count on it. That wherever you exercise this talent that God has given to you and do it in a way that you ought to, that group is going to be better because you are part of that group. Now that's a fact. It really will be. And why not use this thing that God has given to you? Notice the eternity of the situation. It's not something given today and going to be taken tomorrow, but it's with you even from, Paul says, from before time started. And I have a feeling it's going to be with you long after time is finished for you and for me. You know, if I was a multimillionaire, that's the only kind of a rich person I'd want to be, really, so I could just throw money around everywhere, you know. You saw this guy on TV here yesterday, the millionaire role, whatever that means. And they asked this guy how much money he says, I really don't know, but I know I've got a whole lot of it, you know. Well, you know, just throw it around everywhere. Just throw it around. You make people feel so good and you'd feel so good. Well, why not here? Oh, this is more basic, greater, more eternal than any kind of money that you ever might want to have or might ever come across in a lifetime. This talent that God has given to you can be so meaningful for me and for you and for the kingdom of God. It is no wonder when Paul thought about the situation to say to this young man that if you have let this gift sort of die down as a fire does. It is time to rekindle it. Don't neglect the gift that God has given to you. Why? Simply because your life depends upon it and the life of the kingdom of God depends upon it. That's how important it really is. Oh, our Father, help us to understand, help us to believe, and help us to act we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.